Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, joined tonight by returning champion Mike. Mike, how are you this evening? Always great to be here, Scott. I, I feel honored that I was invited back, not once, but twice now. Uh, I feel like I'm becoming a regular, and it's, it's, uh, it's a nice feeling. You are definitely a regular on the podcast. The fans love you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you again that you have some of the highest numbers in the history of the Stuff We Love podcast. I am honored. I am honored. I hope I, hope I can keep that streak going. And Mike, I was thinking of you earlier today because I had subscribed to CBS All Access, the streaming service. And today that became Paramount Plus. And yeah. it was an automatic conversion. And when I logged in to see what Paramount Plus looked like, one of the first things I saw was Godfather 1 and 2. There you go. They know what's good. They know how to draw their audience in. They do. They de <laughs> definitely do. That was, uh, it was very weekend, cool to see that. Though. And again, I was sucked in and could not help myself. I had to watch it again. Which Both one? Which Both. <laughs> yeah. There's the and weekend now for the you. pandemic and I can't go anywhere. You know, the, the weekend. I, I mean, sometimes it's rough with the, with the kids. I don't have time to watch anything. But this weekend, I have to, I have, to have a window of six hours or whatever actually i think i saw the full first one and then the second one was on pretty late and i only got like through probably the first half hour an hour or so and fell asleep yeah it's um those are one of those rare movies well not there's probably not that many movies like that in the history of film where every time it's on no matter what scene it is on at it sucks you in and you just can't look away yeah and i feel like every year i get older i get a new perspective on it you know mm -hmm. it's it's uh you see it through new eyes. You see it first time when we saw it, we we're probably, you know, in middle school and then we saw it in college and you see it as an adult, uh, an adult with kids. I mean, it just, it changes your perspective every time you watch it and you pick up something new every time. I can't help it. I can't help it. I get sucked in. Well, Mike, <laughs> I'll just mention this before we turn to the main topic of the show. You mentioned the first time we saw the Godfather. I remember the first time I ever heard about The Godfather. I was on a family trip and we were out to dinner. And some, for some reason, my parents were telling my brother and I about the horse's head scene. <laughs> I really don't know how it came up. Well, that's but, a real good topic when you're about to eat, you know, soup or appetizer. You know, it gets your stomach, it gets you going. That's right. That's right. Um, and I just remember hearing about the, that scene and I couldn't picture in my mind what this would look like with a horse's head in the bed. I just couldn't picture it. And uh, that's funny. I remember that. that. That had to be, I don't know, 25 years plus ago. It's crazy. And you don't forget moments like that. You don't. It's a good way to traumatize your kids and, you know, get <laughs> them prepared for, for, for some grown up movies, some grown up. That's fan. right. So, Mike, when we were talking about what we we should discuss on the podcast tonight you came up with a great idea and as soon as you suggested it i said this makes a lot of sense and uh, you wanted to talk tonight about movies and television shows that have helped get us through the pandemic yeah. so um we are recording this in early march 2021 there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel vaccines are here people are getting vaccinated uh i'm becoming more and more optimistic every day and as we look back on this past year or so, I think one of the things that has brought a lot of comfort have been those TV shows and those movies, whether new or old. And uh, they have brought me joy and I know they've brought you joy. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun tonight to sort of think about what's helped us during this difficult period. 
Absolutely. And it's uh, the idea I was having was more about recently, because even though we're getting towards the end of pan the pandemic, I still feel um, uh, uh, it, it, you know, when you, when it, it reminds, this is, this is not nearly as serious as the situation described as the USS Indianapolis, but it reminds me of the scene in Jaws when he's like, the time when I was the most worried was when I was in the water and the sharks are circling and the ship came and I was waiting for my turn to be rescued. Right. So yes, it's like, yes. we're right at the end of the pandemic. I still feel stir crazy. You still can't go really out to dinner or the movies or this, or, 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 you know, to see friends and family the way you want to. I mean, it's getting better, but we're not there yet. So right. there's still this frustration and there's still, um, you know, this need to kind of escape a little bit into the entertainment that, and especially the streaming services have been like a, a godsend, you know, the last couple months for me. But even with yeah. that light at the end of the tunnel, I feel like now is the time when I'm almost more antsy than I was in the thick of it. Um, right. You know, back even, you know, last summer or, you know, this, this past, uh, you know, uh, January. Mike, I, I totally understand what you mean. And recently I find myself seeing others kind of have a little bit more normalcy in their lives. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, well, when can we do that? Uh, and I, I just, it, it gets, we're at the edge, but we're not over the edge yet. Not over the edge where yet. we want to be. And so yeah. you really, you know, I keep hearing summer will be great. Summer will be great. I hear that on TV all the time from the experts and uh, we're still in winter, <laughs> but the, uh, but this was really great, Mike. I'm glad you suggested this topic. And um, since you are the guest this evening, and even though you feel like a regular uh, and since you suggested it, I'm going to let you start. Uh, what would you like to mention first this evening? I've been kind of doing, a, I've been doing a wide mix of, uh, genres lately. It's run, run the gamut from um, more lighthearted fare to more serious or intense fare. Um, but I think the lighthearted stuff is kind of what's helped me through the pandemic the most. So to start with one, it's not necessarily lighthearted, but it's really been intriguing and, and it hasn't, um, uh, it, it's not like stressful to watch uh, the way something like I Care A Lot is, which we can talk about in a second too. But WandaVision has just been delightful i don't know if you've talked <laughs> yes. about this in the podcast recently i i don't think much and it's great you mentioned that mike because that was going to be one of mine as well so i'm happy yeah. you mentioned that <laughs> that's great thanks for letting me go first yeah absolutely no it's great it's a great choice but i think it's just so clever the way they structure it i think it's such a great critique on grief um it's really diving into the characters in a way that is um provides a lot of depth to some of the supporting cast. I mean, watching the Avengers movies, you don't really get the relationship between Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, you know it from, I, I knew it from the comics, right? I knew that was, that was, that was coming. Um, but they didn't really give them the moments that you needed to really feel that, uh, that oomph at the end, I thought, of um, the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, the Infinity War, when he rips the, spoiler alert, he right. rips the stone out of, out of Vision's head. If you haven't seen it by now, it's it, everybody has seen that movie. But when right. he rips the stone out of his head, it was still very impactful. Um, it, it still worked. But I feel like if I had seen this show before that, uh, you know, I might have shed a tear or two for Vision getting, you know, getting his, his um, you know, head ripped apart by um, by Thanos. So right. I really love the depth they provide the characters. I love the way they structure the mystery of the story. I, um, they let it unfold naturally. It's a great tribute to the old shows, the, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, right? And all the way up through right. 
Modern Family. It's it's just a great, you know, tour day uh, TV history. And they do a great job of making you emotionally and more, much more emotionally invested in these characters. I completely agree with everything you've said. It's an interesting show because you get this combination of laugh out loud funny. Yeah. It, it, I find myself just enjoying it. And then at the same time being overwhelmed by the grief and you see yeah. Wanda, I mean, spoiler alert, but it, she's basically trying to recreate her life with vision. And she does it through these television shows that yeah. she remembered watching when she, some of that, some of which she remembered watching when she was younger and she, in what she's doing and recreating this world for vision in her, there's cruelty involved in it by the way she takes people from outside of her world and wraps them into her new fictional reality for lack of a better phrase although um, spo spoiler alert it may not be exactly as it seems right so that is true that is true uh, yeah and we are recording this tonight on the eve of the finale that's so, right i forgot tomorrow By the way, that's so I, love. I love the episodic way that it's being released because it lets yes. you really absorb and really think about like the, the cliffhangers that they leave you with every week. This is something I was saying with The Mandalorian when that came out. I said, it is so nice to have something that is not being binge watched, where yeah. we watch the episode when it comes out and we talk about it and we think about it. And each episode is like an event. Yeah. And, the, and it lands. It, you know, you, I, I miss appointment TV, right? Yes. I miss like, my Thursday shows, I always had to watch The Office and 30 Rock and Parks and Rec or like, you know, you, I always had, uh, I don't know, the, there were also like every Sunday, Mad Men or, or The Sopranos way back in the day and right. uh, The Wire. This really feels like it's um, a smart way to release it because like you said, you, you, you know, it, it's an event every week and, and, and you can really digest and talk about the themes and things that they wanted to leave you with. The emotions yes, uh, they want to work with. Yeah. I, I agree. It, it makes, I think, each episode resonate more versus if you're binging something and you just go to the next one, you go to the next one. The um, other thing I wanted to mention about WandaVision is that the first few episodes, the word I would use to describe them is creepy in a way. So if you go fair. back to the, the first episode, which was Very a takeoff fair. on the Dick Van Dyke show, it really is reminiscent of the 50s sitcoms. And then in that dinner scene, and we have a lot of fans who listen who are Marvel fans and Disney fans. So I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about. There's a very odd dinner scene in their residence. And it just goes from being a funny show to being a weird, creepy show with a bit of, bit of horror and mystery. And I, I just loved it. It's such a dynamic show. They're so skillful at shifting tone uh, in a way that feels authentic. It's, it's brilliant writing. I, I just, it, it's been a delight the last few weeks to kind of, you know, get lost in that show um, mm -hmm. during this pandemic. It just brings, you know, it just brings a lot of light when things are, have been pretty dark. Mike, I'll say one more thing about related to WandaVision, which is that years ago, I went to see a play in New York and it was at a small theater. And in the audience, I see this girl, woman, I guess, who looks like one of the Olsen twins. And I think to myself, is that Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen? It turns out it was Elizabeth Olsen, but she was just an acting student. Wow. But just She wasn't well-known. And now here we are a few years later talking about how we wait every single week for a TV show she's on. 
which I, I think, think is just pretty amazing. Well, I think it's because she may have met her um, her muse. Maybe you had the Midas touch. <laughs> I told her you need to do a show on a Disney Plus. Yes, <laughs> even though Disney Plus wasn't around. You had the foresight, great vision. <laughs> great vision. No, yeah. no pun intended. Oh, no, yeah. no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah. But uh, Mike, WandaVision is a great choice. I love that show, and uh, I can't wait to see what the finale will bring in just a few hours. Me too. Me too, my friend. So the next thing uh, that we'll mention tonight, I, I guess I'll go, is a show that I watched earlier on in the pandemic, and they just came out with season two. And it is on Apple TV Plus. It's called Dickinson. Are you familiar with Dickinson? No, I'm not familiar. Depending on people's taste, maybe they should stay unfamiliar with Dickinson. But <laughs> I will tell you that I really liked it. It is uh, based on the life of Emily Dickinson, the, the poet. and it's, it stars Haley Steinfeld, and that's the main reason I watched. Haley Steinfeld is a tremendous actress. I don't know if you saw this movie, Mike, The Edge of Seventeen. I did not. I saw her, though, first uh, with the remake of... Um, True of, Grit. Uh, True Grit. There you go. Yeah. yeah. She was terrific in that. Yeah. She was great. I think she got an Oscar nomination for that I think at a very right. young yeah, age. Right. Yeah. And um, I've always enjoyed watching her. The Edge of Seventeen is a really great high school movie. And uh, Dickinson, the weird thing about it is that it takes place during the time that Emily Dickinson was alive. So when you look at the characters, they're wearing outfits that fit that time period. The homes and residences look like that time period, but they act like it's a modern day thing. So uh, (laughs) in terms of the music that they often listen to, the way that they speak, it's and and that's kind of weird. And I don't think it's for everyone. And I wasn't even sure if it was going to be for me, but it works. From the very first episode, I said, okay, this is intriguing. There were only a couple of times where I watched it and I thought to myself, eh, I don't know how this is going. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed the show. The uh, It also stars Jane Krakowski as Emily Dickinson's mother. Oh, she's great. Few, yeah. She's a great actress and a few Jenna, other recognizable. What's Jenna that? from uh, 30 Rock. Jenna, right? 30 Rock, that's right. And host of Name That Tune right now on Fox. I did not know that. Also, it's nice true. tip. Thank you. It's true. But uh, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot about Emily Dickinson that I didn't know. Uh, and it t- it's, it's a really good show. So that's my first recommendation tonight. Excellent. All right. You got me. Now I got to check out Apple Plus because I feel like that's one of the streaming services I've been neglecting. You know. I- well, I'm going to mention something else next, which you definitely need to watch on Apple TV Plus. So <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for a couple of minutes from now. You got it. So my turn. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, this is so. There's so not. There's so many places to go with this now. So, um, I I'll go with maybe I'll go with um, a, a movie this time. So sure, that movie Palm Springs over the summer was one of the movies that kind of got me. Um, kind of got me with the warm and fuzzy feeling that you needed. You know, in that period, it it, it kind of felt like a return to normal summer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fun and and um, and you know there was the a great wedding and wedding scenes and that and it was just it was just a fun movie. Rem- obviously, they borrowed a lot from Groundhog Day, and I feel like the Groundhog Day thing has been popping up quite a bit lately on some of the streaming services, like Russian Doll. I thought it was a terrific show. If you guys haven't seen mm-hmm. that, I would recommend you watch right. that. Uh, but there was a show that, I, for some reason, right now, teen comedies have been just chilling me out in a way that they yes. haven't in a while 
And there's <laughs> another version of Palm Springs, and you know, it, they have many references to Groundhog Day, and it called it's called the Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Have I you was going to watch this. I know it just came out, and it's yeah. Uh, and actually, when, as soon as you mentioned that, I, that gives me an idea of something else to mention later on tonight. Because the girl who's in that, the blonde-haired lead, was in an awesome movie I watched over pandemic. But um, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead, continue. I'm yeah, she's terrific in this movie. I, mean, yeah. I think I watched it because I needed a uh, a couple days before I had watched I Care a Lot. Have you seen that one? I Care a Lot. That's is the one on Netflix Rosamund with Pike. Rosamund Pike. Yes, I've heard oh about. Oh my that. god! If yeah. you want to be stressed out. It reminded me of Uncut Gems because it yeah. was just a constant stream of stress and, you know, uh, frustrating decisions. And in that movie, Rosamund Pike, you know, she puts people into old age facilities and becomes their guardian and won't let anybody talk to them and basically sells all their things and robs them blind while she's as, wow. as an attorney. And, it, you know, it follows her. She does this to the wrong woman. And it's this, oh. you know, real... Uh, I use cat and mouse a lot, but it is a cat and mouse game between her and this um, uh, person who really cares about his mother, who she did this to. He's a Russian mobster, Peter Dinklage, who is phenomenal in sure. everything he does. And yeah. it is just, but it's just, you hate everyone in this movie and you're so stressed out this whole movie, seeing what they do to these elderly people. And you think about your own family. I was like, I need a shot. I need a chaser. To this <laughs> shot, you know? I need something to calm me down. So a couple of days later, I did uh, the map of tiny, perfect things. And it's just, you know, it's another fun, light, easy breezy movie with the, um, it, the you know, Groundhog Day theme to it. And they put mm -hmm. a nice little twist on it where it's not just, you know, uh, you know, Bill Murray needs to become a better person and, um, and he needs to uh, fall in love with Andy McDowell, right? This is a little bit more personal, uh, the main character, and it has to figure out, you know, what is it that is um, emotionally driving the blonde haired lead. I, I can't recall her name at the moment, but what's emotionally driving her and what is it that um, there's a, a nice little mystery twist to it of what really is at the emotional core of why uh, they're in this vortex where they can't leave. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's very effective, very well written. Um, and it's, it's not going to stress you out. It's going, it, it just, it's a nice movie to kind of take in and enjoy. And it's funny and, and, um, and the romance is well done. And, you know, they really build the relationship between the characters well. And they make the focus on her um, really uh, the, the, turning, the, mo the turning point of the story. Um, it's not just about him, the male lead. I can't recall his name. Um, mm -hmm. Good movie. I would recommend if you want something light and easy, go with that. If you want to lose your mind and tear your hair out, go with I Care A Lot. The, um, it seems to me that recently the high school teen movies that have come out, some of them are just not very good. Although yeah. I love watching them and I find them to be very fun movies, but uh, there's been an improvement, I think, in the quality of the movies. It seems like for years, they, there was a lull in quality and they've improved. Particularly, I'm thinking about some of the Netflix films, yeah. like The Kissing Booth, to all the boys I've loved before, I think was another, I miss both another like, one. Yeah. They're, they're good. They're not, I wouldn't say they're deep, but they're quality. They're a quality and movie. That's a great way to describe this one. And there's another one in there. It's like a version of Cyrano Diversion Act, a diversion act called um, uh, The Half of It, which I thought was I really- I liked that. I saw you that. You liked that I one too, that. right? I did. I thought yes. that was really well done. Uh, yes. Like you said, it's, you're, you're not, it's, it's not, um, uh, uh, you know, Annie Hall, but it's still- uh, really quality, good writing. You care about the characters very much. 
and mm-hmm. you know it's not uh, it's you're not gonna tear your hair out with stress and uh, you know and it's a great escape from being kind of you know confined by the pandemic it's it's funny mike because i remember when we were younger we used to go to the movies all the time and see every, all types of movies but I have vivid memories of going to see films like 10 Things I Hate About You, She's All That. Yeah. Um, that I can't hardly wait. And those movies were, I wouldn't call them deep, but they were quality. And they did yeah. have themes that, that I can watch those movies now as an adult and pick up on things I didn't notice then. Uh, and I feel like the teen movies, they may not be hitting that level of quality, but they're getting a little closer. Yeah, that's. I think that's a real fair way to put it, and um, and these are fun. Like you're you're not going to go into right. this, and and uh, I I would I would venture to guess most people would watch these and not walk away and be like I wasted my time. I think they're 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 fun and really good escape movies too. Yeah, no, that's true. You need that now more than ever. Let, yeah. let good distraction for sure. Uh, so uh, my great selection there. Uh, I plan on watching that soon. I'll let you know what I think of that movie because that was on my list very to watch within the next week or so. But uh, my next recommendation, also on Apple TV Plus, the TV show, Ted Lasso. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I have heard such great things about this. I have not gotten around to watching it yet, but everyone tells me I'm a fool and I need to watch this. You are, uh, you are not a fool. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a brilliant man, but you do need to watch it. And it's, it, it fits perfectly with that idea of distraction. Uh, yeah. When this show came out, my dad said to me, you got to watch Ted Lasso. It's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen in a long time. And for our listeners that don't know what it is, it, uh, Jason Sudeikis plays an American college football coach who goes vi- with a smaller school who achieves national fame in a viral locker room dance video. And he's hired by an English Premier League soccer team to be their head coach because the owner of the team with no reason to get into the reasons why, but she basically kind of wants to see the team struggle, which is very similar to major league. And major league, I was going to say, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he comes over to England, not knowing a thing about soccer. He doesn't even know the most basic rules. And it's about his experiences as a coach and uh, it, interacting with the players, what it's like for him to miss his family, uh, his trying to be nice to the owner who he, he doesn't know that she's really rooting against him. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, it, each episode is about a half hour. So it's a perfect length. It's not going to be an hour per show or anything like that. And it just is let your mind go, sit back, relax, distract yourself and have fun. It's really awesome. What kind of uh, show would you compare it to stylistically? I mean, is it's not like, you know, it's not going to be like, um, um, modern family with the one camera and then you talk into the right or is it, is it more you remember like on HBO it? you know there I mean it's a different type of show it's very different t- type but shows like Eastbound and Down the Danny McBride oh, sure. shows on HBO yep. Yep, where yep. Vice Principals which is a great show uh, <laughs> the, where each episode is 30 minutes or so it's not handheld camera it's not it's just kind of straightforward traditional filming nothing unique uh, nobody talking to the camera in interview style formats. Uh, that's that's kind of what it's like. But it's a much more, even though the lang- there's bad language in there and there's sexual situations, it's not a family show, but it's not as uh, not as raw as the Danny McBride shows are. Fair, fair Where, enough. I don't think many shows are as raw as Danny McBride's shows. True. That's true. <laughs> he, he does take I, it up a notch in most of his work. Yeah. 
I would describe it as a straightforward traditional sitcom, but with the foul language and the uh, <laughs> the, the, the sexual stuff. But it's awesome. It's that. so much fun. It really is great. That. And that's uh, if you I think the rule with Apple now, I could be wrong, but if you buy a new iPhone or iPad or MacBook, they still give you Apple TV plus for a year. Excellent. I think we do have it. I just feel like we haven't used it. You know, I've got to I got to check it out. Yeah. Ted Lasso it has been. I've been bombarded with people telling me I got to watch that show. So you've, you may push me over the edge. I, um, I, I really want you to watch it and to let me know what you think. So totally random thing before we continue sort of at a halfway point in our podcast tonight. Can I tell you what I was thinking about before we started recording tonight? And I want to see if you could get this. It's your show, my friend. You, <laughs> you make <laughs> oh, the it's rules. your show. It's your show. <laughs> I was actually playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon in my head. And I was trying to connect Humphrey Bogart to Kevin Bacon. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> and I have to admit, I, I needed Google at the end to help me out, but it's unbelievable. But it's, I don't know why. I just, this, this really shows you I'm, I'm running I out mean, of things to do. so many movies, right? You, you would True. think it wouldn't be. Uh, do you yeah. want me to just tell you so that? Yeah, just uh, tell me because because okay. I, I my brain is not functioning on high right now. So sure. it, it, it will take me a long time to even get in the ballpark. Okay, so here's here's the train of thought. Humphrey Bogart was with Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca. Yep. She was with Harry Grant in uh, the Hitchcock film Notorious, right? Notorious, yes. Then yep. Harry Grant was in North by Northwest with Martin Landau who is in Ed Wood with Johnny Depp, who is in Black Mass with Kevin Bacon. Wow. Nailed it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. How crazy is that? That's awesome. That's your, that's your, uh, when we get back to going to parties, that's how you make friends at a party by <laughs> asking them to do that. You know, my, my brother went to college with the guys who invented that game and they sold it for, uh, they were in college and they sold it for what they thought was an exorbitant sum of money, $50,000 with no rights attached, those poor guys. So that game exploded back yeah. in you know, the 90s. And those 90s, poor guys yeah. were, I mean, look, that was a lot, a lot of beer money for a college student, for college students. But uh, yeah, they, they did not, um, unfortunately, did not capitalize the way they could have. Isn't that I'm wild? ready to go to. I'm ready to go to bed after hearing that story. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you have wow. that big giant idea, I know, and it oh. kind of gets snatched from you, you know, because you're well, just too young to really appreciate the the financial implications of your idea. That is true. It's rough. I don't know what to say to that, but what you say to that is always take the stock. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's for sure. Michael Jordan. Michael that's right. Jordan. Um, anyhow. Back to our reg regularly scheduled programming, and I can't wait to hear your next choice. So what do you got, Mike? So I'm going to go a little bit different direction this time. Part of the – I've always enjoyed traveling. My wife is a travel buff, um, yes. and I've always gone and appreciated it, but I never to the extent that she has. But for whatever reason, the fact that we've been unable to do it, you always want what you can't have, right? So I've been really wanting to go anywhere um, you know, outside of the state of New Jersey, not that I don't love, you know, uh, where we are, our home state, but, um, I've been watching lately, a lot of the travel shows on streaming. And one of the ones okay. that really 
that I've really enjoyed is Somebody Feed Phil. And it's Phil Rosenthal, who was the producer on Everybody Loves Raymond. I never actually watched that show. I don't even know why I never watched it. I just never saw I never caught it. It was just never on when I would be watching TV. And um, uh, he's actually, by the way, he is actually the person who dines with Larry David uh, when Larry wears the MAGA hat to scare off <laughs> people. He wears yeah. it to scare off Phil Rosenthal. I did not know that until after I saw this show. Um, but that, 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 was is one class, that is That's... the most classic episode, but he wears the MAGA hat specifically to scare off Phil Rosenthal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the show is, he says it at one point in one of the episodes that he kind of took his inspiration from Anthony Bourdain, where, um, you use food, you use the meals, you use the family, uh, table as a way to get into deeper conversations, deeper conversations about family, society, um, about, um, uh, just what kind of connects us all. And, you know, losing Anthony Bourdain was really, I thought, a big blow because that was somebody who uh, united people through common understanding, through understanding different cultures, understanding different food. And I like the Phil Rosenthal's take on it because he does it through, it's, it's a much lighter, more comedic lens that he puts on it. Um, it's much easier to digest during a pandemic when things are dark. Uh, it does make you long for the days when you could walk around New York City he has a great episode in New York City where you could walk around and try different food places and, you know, go for a drink here, go for, uh, you know, the best pizza slice here. And, uh, you know, he does um, a, a beautiful job of having conversations with people, making you understand people, making you understand cultures in a way that's um, that's uh, that's gives you like like it's comforting. You know, it, it's uh, it makes you want to. Uh, reach out and and uh, talk to your fellow man. Even if you're an introvert or an extrovert, he 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 does an excellent job of making it feel like anybody can do this and anybody can enjoy um, you know different foods and different cultures. So uh, that I would highly recommend people who are missing you know that kind of um, uh, that kind of show, that kind of travel show, food show. He does an excellent job, um, really uh, making you appreciate travel culture. And just kind of, you know, living life. Has the show inspired you when we do get back to normal to go out more to restaurants and uh, make it a point when you do travel to push your palate when it comes to eating certain things? I, well, my wife took care of that a long time ago. She has <laughs> a, a, she has a very, um, I don't know, complex is not the word, very, uh, it's not complex. She'll, she'll, she'll eat just about anything, right? So I, by, by um, uh, association, have to also try all kinds <laughs> of different food. Now that we've gotten older, I can push back and be like, I, listen, I've done that. You know, we did that in our 20s. We did that in our 30s. I can, I can now order, you know, uh, what I want and not uh, have to try the, the brains mixed with congealed lamb's blood. I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> what is the most uh, Which is the actual thing, thing you... that, that was on the menu, by the way, one of the places we ate? Well, what would you say is the most far out thing that you've actually consumed at a restaurant the uh probably duck brain i would think would be one or congealed lamb's blood in a hot pot that was another one was it good uh, it was okay it, it was it, it, i i wouldn't like seek it out put it that way but it wasn't uh it wasn't terrible mike is somebody feed phil funny is it a comedy show or is it yeah, it's it's definitely lighthearted and more geared towards humorous. 
it, but um, but it, it does dive into deeper, more interesting topics. It's not just purely comedy. It, it's it's him really trying to understand other other people and other cultures. I had heard of this show i forget where but somebody i know told me they were enjoying it and i i enjoy food shows yeah. my wife and i watch all these different types of shows and i knew that this one when i first heard about it was different because of what it was and the anthony bourdain comparison i haven't seen the show but it's it seems perfectly appropriate from everything i know about somebody feed phil with a different um, tone yeah with a different tone you know, he was on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, Phil Rosenthal, when the show first came out and he was promoting it. That's where I, I first became aware of it. Um, Mike, I wanted to ask you, uh, during this whole pandemic, people have been obsessed with food. It becomes a big deal for people because yeah. they're home so much. What are you going to eat tonight is a big thing. Can you uh, give me a food highlight for, from you, for you from the past few months? Like something that you ate that was really good. Ooh. Um, I made a grilled cheese with mushroom that was really good. Um, I'm trying to think, we've been eating, we've been doing like a lot of Hello Fresh, and and uh, we've been doing yeah. a lot of like chicken and you know uh, fish and that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think about uh, you know a food highlight because we haven't been out, we haven't been ordering too much. Um, yeah. We. Uh, how about you go? Do you have one, and then I'll, I'll try and try and think of one while you while you're uh, while you're while you're going. Um. I will just say this. Last night, I had gone to a seafood market, a local seafood market, and you never know how those things are going to go. I bought crab cakes. Now, I got one. I'll, just tell you, I'll just tell you this. I spent, I ordered without looking at the price, really, four crab cakes over $50 for four crab cakes. Wow, yeah. And I will tell you, they were unbelievably good. I wouldn't say that was the Where food highlight. From? Um, don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. They were just good. Um, I did go during the summer last year to this ice cream place in upstate New York. We drove there just for the night because we heard such great things about their ice cream. Belval Creamery was the name of the place. I remember that. And it was phenomenal. Just phenomenal ice cream. So that's a that's a highlight. Excellent choices. And yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of struggling. The one thing I, I, I can think of that was a highlight was a friend had um, his father. Actually, I felt a little bad taking this, but he couldn't cook it. His friend had had his father had ordered him like a clam bake with two lobsters uh, mm -hmm. from Maine. And I, I wish I could recall the name of the place that, that delivered it. But he dropped it off because he's like, I just I'm, I'm leaving. I don't have time to cook this. Do you want it? I said, he said, they're crawling in my back. Uh, trunk and, and um, I, I don't want to waste these poor you know lobsters boiling them I felt bad for them too but it, it was really a, a, a like a great treat on a Friday night um, yeah I had, you know I had that in a glass of scotch and it was kind of heaven having a clam bake with fresh lobster which That's I had had I can't recall the last time I had that was there corn on the cup there was corn on the cob. There was sausage. There was uh, baked potato. The works. The works, my friend. The steamers. <laughs> steamers. It was it, that. That's a food highlight. So, Mike, I'm going to ask you a question. It's totally unrelated to movies and TV, but since we're talking food, what do you prefer, New England clam chowder or lobster bisque? Wow, that's a tough question. I think I'm going to go with lobster bisque because I do have 
uh, a real uh, love a lobster. Not going to lie. True. Um, and New England clam chowder can be a little too creamy for me. So I'm going to go with, I'm going lobster bisque, my friend. That's where I'm going. It's the, I'm totally with you on that. I like when I put a little bit of liquor in the lobster bisque as well. Yeah, Give it a little. A little kick. A little kick. You need the kick. <laughs> Good choice. So, so Mike, um, I guess we'll mention one or one or two others uh, to conclude the uh, the podcast tonight. Earlier on, I referenced a horror movie I saw with the girl that was in the Amazon movie, Amazon.com movie that you mentioned. And by the way, I'm going to look up this girl's name because I feel bad we're talking about her Me so too. much tonight. And, not... and the, the, the other guy's name, too, the, the actor, uh, his name, he was really good in it as well. Well, Catherine Newton is the girl. Okay. And... Oh, she was in Blockers, the, the teen movie. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah. The guy's name is Kyle Allen. He was terrific. Very sounds charming. Like a foot, sounds like a football player, like Josh Allen, Kyle Allen. <laughs> but uh, the, Catherine Newton was in this movie with Vince Vaughn called Freaky. where Oh, is that the one where they switch bodies? It is. And I rented that the night that became available i think i paid 20 bucks to watch that at home and i'll tell you it was some of the best 20 bucks i have ever spent i had so much fun with that movie it was one of the best blumhouse movies i have ever seen so i i loved it and i'm not going to make that my choice but it was really awesome uh my choice here i'm looking at the list of movies i watched this year so far i have a tradition where every new year's day i watch a movie i like to start the year off with a movie i've never seen before and this year on New Year's Day, I watched a documentary on Shudder, which is the horror streaming service. And it's oh, called, right. yep, it's called Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini. Uh, Tom Savini is many things. He's an actor. He's a director. He's a makeup artist. And he's best known for doing the makeup work on the Friday the 13th, the original film, and I think a couple of the sequels. And it's interesting learning about him because As a fan of all these horror movies, I knew him as a very successful makeup artist, but I had no understanding of the extent of things he had done, including some serious theatrical work early on in his career. Uh, And he had a very interesting family life. He also, he's in his 70s, he's amazingly in shape. And every year on his birthday, he posts a photo of him after a workout. He is a in as good a shape now as he was probably when he was 30 years old. He, he really works out very well. He's inspirational that way. Put him and, in more Tarantino, uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez movies. That's right. That's absolutely right. And uh, I just enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I always enjoy good documentaries. I find that there's so many out there. Choosing the right one can be difficult because of so many options. But as a fan of horror films and cinema in general, I enjoyed it. So that was uh, a nice way to start the year. And which service was that on again? Shutter, the horror streaming. Oh, service. oh, it's on Shutter. Correct. So this, this, the the documentary appears on Shutter. Gotcha. Okay, got it. It was a, a couple of years old. Um, I had not seen it before, but uh, Shutter is a good streaming service. It's not one people think about right away, but if you like horror movies and you're willing to take a risk on some lesser known ones, it's yeah. It's good. It's intense. There's some really intense films on there. So it's not for the, the easily scared, but guys like you and me, we're, we're pros with horror movies at this point. So it doesn't say the, the jump scares still get me. I shriek a little bit. I still <laughs> That's shriek. okay. That's okay. <laughs> just like Joe, just like Joe, our co-host. 
who's not, yeah. who's not here tonight, but he'll, <laughs> but he'll be listening com- to this. Then I'm in good company, yeah. <laughs> we had discussed uh, earlier also, I, I, I've been thinking about some movies that uh, they're not, these are not um, hidden movies. These are not like art house films that nobody can find. Like these are movies that I just feel like I talk to people about it and everybody I talk to about them, they haven't seen them and I'm dying to kind of talk to people about some of these mm-hmm. movies. And one of them uh, was actually nominated for like several Academy Awards, including Best Picture is Hell or High Water. Have you ever seen that? Great movie. Love that movie. Absolutely phenomenal. Is that an outstanding movie or what? I mean, you're, yes. the, you're the first person I've mentioned it to out of like a dozen people who have actually seen it, though. It was written by the same guy that wrote Sicario, I think, the film. The oh, Benicio okay. Del Toro, yeah. which is also a great movie. But from Hell or High Water, that's with Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges. Just a phenomenal Absolutely. movie. And Ben yeah. Foster. I mean, Ben Foster, Chris, right. Yeah. Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges was nominated, I think, for Best Supporting Actor. But Chris Pine is so understated in this movie. And you really feel every emotion that he's going through. And it's really a, like just a burning, uh, like, lo, like intense, low-key performance. And you, it, I thought he was just phenomenal. Ben Foster is his kind of wild child brother. Um, right. You know, does an outstanding job also. Um, he really pulls you in. He's like, he's likable, but at the same time, he's dangerous. And, you know, they, they do a great job of building the relationship between these two brothers. Um, just a quick background on the plot. I don't think we got into mm-hmm. that yet. It's two brothers robbing uh, branches of a bank that is trying to foreclose on their mother's home, their mother's estate. And they're trying to get enough money from the bank that's trying to foreclose on them to buy it back uh, before it's too late, before they lose mm-hmm. their, their family estate. They just found out that there's oil on there and the bank wants to steal it from them. And right. uh, and Jeff Bridges is the U.S. Marshal who is uh, trying to track them down and, uh, and and bring them to justice. Great plot. But from that plot, you get into all these you know deeper issues about, you know, capitalism uh, society uh, brothers and their relationships and um it, it, it's it's it, it, it to me it just it does so much more than just tell a really good caper story you know bank robber story uh a couple of points about from hell or high water i remember seeing that movie at home and thinking to myself that that movie should win every award yes. that is, <laughs> and of course that doesn't happen in the real no. world. But to me, nobody it's a movie. It. Nobody saw it, and it illustrates the problem with movies now. You know, I love the Marvel movies. I love the big budget blockbusters, but the consequence of this is that movies like From Hell or High Water they don't get seen. Yeah, and uh, it's a very niche audience. That movie is so well done. I remember thinking to myself, first off, isn't there a great scene in a diner there? Yes. With the way him and Chris Pine talking to the waitress. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful scene. Beautiful scene. And I also loved, I have a memory of thinking that the cinematography was yeah. great. Um, just in the script. That's another thing that, that it illustrates nowadays. The script was so fast paced. Yes. And edge of your seat while also it's it's not like every scene was, ooh, what's gonna happen next thriller type thing. It just was a buildup of character development that you don't see in many movies nowadays. But it's it exp- it kind of frustrates me that a movie like that wouldn't get seen by more people. I agree. And it gave you time to digest what was going on. It's not just nonstop action. 
and you're just going from one set piece where they're robbing a bank to another. But it lets right. you it lets it, it's fast paced in a way that gives character moments. Right. The character moments give you information about these characters in a way that's really well paced and keeps you interested and keeps you on the edge of your seat while they're also doing these bank robberies. And that scene in the diner where he he, he and this waitress are connecting at you know, a real human le level wow minor spoiler alert his brother is robbing a bank around the corner and you're like oh my True. god right you know this right. is a beautiful beautiful moment between these two humans at the same time is he going to get out of there you know right. it, it, uh, it, it does it does you know a lot of things on a lot of different levels and it just is like you said it's really well written incredibly well executed love that movie where did yeah. you see it i saw it on demand i want to say i think i saw okay. it on demand yeah. Yeah. I, I really I've seen it in the theater. I think out of all of the things we're talking about tonight, that may be the highest quality thing, just in terms Probably. of award worthy, jaw droppingly good. Um, it is worthy of an Academy Award. It is. I agree with that. I think it may have been nominated for best original screenplay, but it didn't win. Didn't win anything. It, it, yeah. And I think you're right. And it was nominated for best picture. It didn't win. Yeah. Jeff Bridges didn't win. Yeah. I love that film. That's great. I got to watch that again. Talking about it makes me want to our, see it again. Our our friend Tom, I recommended to him, and he text messaged me and said, "Best four dollars I've I've spent in the last year." <laughs> That's <laughs> and Tom sees a lot of movies. Tom so sees he, a lot of uh, movies, and he's highly critical. He is highly critical. Tom is our but, mutual friend. Your audience may remember who made us late to the movies all the time. <laughs> all the time. That's <laughs> made us late to many things. We always the miss the darn trailers, right? We always miss the previews because of him. It drove me crazy. I agree. I wouldn't want to go to an airport with him because I'd be <laughs> waiting for the, uh, be late for the flight. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so this is a movie that I watched on Amazon Prime, also a couple of years old. And uh, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's, I think the appropriate way of saying it is 7,500, not 7,500. And there may be a difference in the meaning of what that is. But anyhow, um, maybe difficult for some people to watch, but it takes place during an airplane hijacking. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a pilot, and the entire movie is filmed in the cockpit of the airplane. So wow. it does, it, it's about 90 minutes long. I haven't heard it, this one. I heard about it from my dad. He saw it and highly recommended it. Another now, movie the interesting, buff. Great man. Another movie, great buff. movie buff. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hundreds of movies a year he sees. <laughs> so yeah. um, when I don't want to give too much away, uh, except to say this. One, it is actually, it, it really is a difficult movie to watch. It's violent. It's uh, so, so if you have difficulty with this type of stuff, you should not see it. But yeah. with that being said, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt was great. He, I've been a fan of his since 10 Things I Hate About You years ago. I think he's... <laughs> Although I didn't like his character in that. Sorry, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I did not like his character in that movie. He was, you know, kind of forcing himself on that poor girl, you know? It, I don't know. It, it felt... Uh, yes. Felt like it, it felt like that, that character would not make it in today's day and age. That would have been... <laughs> that, they would have rewritten that character. Sorry, I didn't want to derail and go off on okay. 10 Things I Hate About I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> next we're going you know, to talk he's, about he's doc almost like, right he's almost like bullying her into dating him i was like oh come on man you know yeah anyway okay next next we're going to talk about dr seuss yeah <laughs> i guess but um yeah in this movie the um i guess long story short i enjoyed it it was really an edge of the seat thing and then afterwards i went online and i read some of the reviews of the film 
I was convinced, oh, people are going to think this movie is the greatest thing they've ever seen and didn't get enough attention. Rather tepid. It, it got some, some good reviews, some bad reviews, a lot of criticism from the fans. I, I use this app, Letterboxd. I don't know if you have that app, but I... Uh, I, don't, I, nice. I, I, I do have it, actually, yeah. You do. Yeah. And yeah. I like reading what other people write about the movies, just to, curious what other people are thinking. Uh, I saw a lot of negative comments about the movie, which surprised me. But that being said, if you like drama, if you like action and you appreciate what a script can do with literally one location, yeah, that's I recommend really cool. this movie. But it's not for everyone. It's uh, it's a difficult film to watch. But I'm curious if you watch it. Let me know what you think of it, Mike. Well, I do get impressed when they can uh, take a small confined space, make you feel claustrophobic, but do a lot with it. I, I that that's really uh, that's a that's a good recommendation. I'm 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 on it. Right, I'm on it, my friend. It's on Amazon Prime. The other one I really wanted to talk about was um, it's an old HBO movie called Girl in the Cafe. Have you seen that? Bill Nye's in it. Bill Nye, Kelly McDonald. He plays a UN um, diplomat. And he is in a busy cafe on lunch break. He's a total workaholic. Really, that work is all he has in his life. And while he's on his lunch break, you know, this uh, quiet, charming, elegant young woman, Kelly McDonald, asks to sit down on, on, at his table. And from there, you know, their relationship grows. Um, he ends up going to a UN summit in Reykjavik, and he invites her to go with him Um and uh, their relationship, as it blossoms, she also starts to reveal certain things from her past that are painting her that the UN can actually fix. And it puts him in a very difficult, uh, awkward relationship with his colleagues. Um, but she, Kelly McDonald's very uh, similar to like the way Chris Pine is understated in Hell or High Water. She's understated here, and there's a lot of emotion going on uh, under the surface. Um, she conveys a lot uh, of emotion without. Um, going, you know, big with her performance. And Bill Nye is just a genius. I mean, in this movie, yeah. he plays kind of this, he plays this shy, awkward, bumbling, charming person who you want to root for. And it just, you know, you wonder, can this can this relationship really work between these two people? And is she going to totally destroy his relationship at work? Um, mm -hmm. And and uh, look, there is some politics to it. It's A lot of it's about child poverty and solving those issues. Um, but that's really secondary to this really uh, intense burning relationship between these two people that's very subtle and quiet and under the surface. And it's beautifully, beautifully filmed. David Yates, by the way, who did the last couple of Harry Potter films, uh, yeah. he, he did this. And th this is the cinematography is gorgeous. The acting is brilliant. And the script is just it's really top notch. I was not familiar with this movie at all. Uh, since you said it was an HBO film, is it available on HBO Max? Is that where you saw it? I saw it on HBO years ago. Oh. Um, oh. And, and it was on, I know it was on YouTube. I don't know if it's on HBO. Wow. I got to do my research before I jump on with you, my friend, because I know you guys you know, are right Johnny on the spot with where you can find these movies, but uh, it should be on, I think it should be on HBO Max, right? They have basically all the HBO movies. Right? HBO Max is phenomenal. I mean, well, we probably should reconvene for an episode soon where we talk about the streaming services and give like three highlights on each that we yeah. would recommend. But uh, the, uh, I have not seen that movie. I will say this. I have never seen anything with Bill Nye that I did not like. He's one of my favorite actors to watch. He's amazing. The guy, the guy is brilliant. He's just a brilliant He's very actor. versatile. He, he yeah. does films like the one you just mentioned. He does. Uh, he was in that great movie about time. I love that movie with Rachel McAdams. 
Uh, oh, it's like right, a time right, travel right. movie. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was in uh, Pirate Radio with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I love that see film. That one. Yep, great movie. It, yeah. <laughs> and also, he plays the lead vampire in Underworld in the Underworld series. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. And he is uh, he is extreme, exceedingly convincing as the lead of the vampire. He's woken up early and he's pissed, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And yeah. even though I didn't see it. But, and that's, by the way, a great scene where he's woken up in vampire movies. That's a gr- the original yeah. Underworld is one of the best vampire movies I've ever seen. But exactly, I, I, I really like that one too. Yeah, isn't he also in the was it the best exotic marigold hotel like those films? Is that I the, uh... think so. I I I didn't actually see that one, but I can see I, I know like the tone of movie that you're going for. Right. I mean, right. obviously he's in love. Actually, he's just great as the old he's, aging rock star. I love actually, of um, course, yeah. Oh, oh, Shaun of the Dead, he's hilarious as the Shaun father. Shaun of the Dead, right. right? Yeah, just a grumpy wow. dad, you know, yeah. Yeah, great. Unbelievable, but uh, I will check that out. That's a uh, great recommendation, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to do one more, but I, I'm I'm tapped out because I'm going to get in trouble if I if I keep going. I've got I don't have any more, here, but yeah, <laughs> I don't have any more tonight. But what I will say is I love doing this with you. I think this is a great. This really is a full stuff we love episode because we're covering all these movies and TV shows that we recommend. We're not mentioning anything tonight we did not like. So yeah. um, we will do this again very soon, and uh, we'll have Joe on there to contribute his list because he sees a lot of stuff too. I love it. I, I, I'm in. I, I I love talking about you know uh, all the like. There's there's movies, TV shows. Like I can't even talk to anybody about Battlestar Galactica, the new version in my you know in my world. Nobody's seen it. And, and uh, uh, I mean, talk about a brilliant show about morality play. I could do a whole episode on that on how good that that uh, that show is. And I'm not even a huge sci-fi guy. I just love right. that show. But yeah, so I don't know. Anytime I I would I hope um you know the the podcast does well enough and and that you'll invite me back again my friend you have a standing invitation whenever you want to appear <laughs> i appreciate that always uh, a pleasure you're you're the best host uh, thank you uh, on, on podcast dumb <laughs> mike sense? thank you that makes total sense and i thank you and uh, our listenership has grown <laughs> Uh, around the world international listeners and i mentioned on the previous episode we've got listeners from france now uh, more from the united kingdom so all over the world so hello to all of our listeners i'm waving on the zoom camera like they can see me now but i'm you know hello and uh i'm just gonna uh, mike thank you again for being here tonight seriously and thank you for the kind words it's always great to have you on Uh, i'm just gonna great that's awesome and uh i'm gonna take a moment to tell our listeners where they can find the podcast we are on twitter at stuff we love pod instagram at stuff we love podcast our website is stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. You can write to us, stuffwelovepodcast.gmail.com. And if you have not done so, please leave us those good five-star reviews. It makes it easier for other people to find the podcast as well. And with that, I wish you a very good season finale of WandaVision, Mike. May you enjoy the show. Likewise, my friend. Uh, last question as we wrap up. Um, what's a better show, WandaVision or The Mandalorian? Go. For me right now, oh, that's tough. I'm gonna go right now because it's on Wandavision. If this were a few months, a few months ago, I might have said Mandalorian. You know, if if the order were reversed, sorry, if the order were reversed, I might have said Mandalorian. It's hard to say. All right, great time. Friend, thank you so much.